Welcome to Housing Developments. I'm Jerry Howard. And I'm Jim Tobin. We'll start off first by uh, thanking Wells Fargo Home Mortgage, not only for their sponsorship of our broadcast here, but their presence at IBS was unbelievable. They were everywhere and uh, they really support our industry. We're grateful for that. And we hope that our members will, uh, will use them whenever they can. Yeah, it was great to see him, like you said, all over the place in Orlando, uh, great, a great leadership sponsor for, for many, many years. And proud to have him on board with, uh, with us here at the podcast at Housing Development. Jim, it was a tremendous IBS. Uh, no matter what metric you use to measure our success, uh, it is unquestionably uh, well above what any of us could have hoped for. And I, I agree with the energy uh, in Orlando and the convention center uh, and, and around town was, was unbelievable. I know, you know, going into the meeting, uh, you know, we, we, we expected uh, success, of course. I think our, our conventions and meetings team uh, and our sponsorship team, uh, you know, had, 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 a, had, had, had good, high expectations. But even those were, were exceeded. Uh, it, give us a little taste of the uh, numbers you, uh, you walked out of Orlando. On Thursday afternoon, close to seventy-five thousand people. When wow. we had been anticipating maybe fifty thousand, that's the most important number. Uh, uh, the the exhibitors were thrilled with the quality of the leads that they got, uh, and the number of exhibitors that are already talking about coming back next year uh, has got the uh, the sales team working full speed before they even have time to recover from this show. So that's something. Um, I think the biggest coup is adding the uh, the National Hardware Show uh, as a code date next year, uh, along with the Kitchen and Bath Show. Our members are going to see the largest show they've ever seen next year, and it's going to. I just can't wait. I'm totally excited about it. Yeah, ten years of design and construction week next week next year, right? Is that is that what we're celebrating? Yes, sir. The tenth anniversary of Design and Construction Week. Uh, it's fitting that that. The third largest show would come on board with us. Yeah, that, that's going to be amazing. I mean, uh, if if we if we drew seventy five thousand people to Orlando, it, it's still in the kind of the throes of COVID. God, I hope a year from now uh, you, you're looking at uh, at six figures, no doubt, in Las Vegas. Can you say? Yeah, it, it was great. But to me, the best part, Jim, was seeing people I hadn't seen in two years. Yeah. I mean, people from all over the country. Right. Uh, right. It's just great to touch base live and in person again. Yeah, and, and and you could tell that the, the members felt the same way too. Uh, that it was uh, it was kind of a, a sort of homecoming after two years, and uh, and and everybody came came in and came out of uh, Orlando healthy, and uh, and it's um, it really bodes well for the future. I think it speaks volumes of the health of the industry at the moment, the optimism moving forward. Uh, and if and if you weren't there in Orlando, you missed out, but you still have time to buy your tickets early for for Las Vegas next year. Uh, it's it's going to be spectacular. I know I'm looking forward. To it. Yeah, I mean, I I almost wish we could open registration today right. uh, for for Las Vegas, but uh, we still got a ways to go. But yeah. but speaking of of uh, of or, Orlando, you know, there were conversations there that 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 really I think weave into um, our guest, and that is to say, talking about labor. And the problems that we're having in our industry getting labor, um, 
And when we do get the right labor, we want to make sure that they are healthy people and that we can help them stay healthy. And our guest is someone who is really going above and beyond what an average citizen should do and going above and beyond what a caring human being would do. Don't you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, someone who's taken tragedy uh, in their own life uh, and turn it around into, into a positive. Uh, and, uh, and we are uh, we're very, very fortunate to have a partner uh, with our next guest, a partnership with our next guest uh, for, uh, for, for uh, victims of, of the opioid epidemic, but also uh, working with us to make sure, like you said, our, our workforce is, is healthy and, and that our members recognize uh, the signs and, and how to be compassionate and help, help their workers if they do find themselves uh, uh, addicted to this uh, dangerous drug. And it's not as if he was an underachiever in his career. Uh, Admiral Winnefeld was the second ranking uh, military officer in the United States as being the number two man at the Joint Chiefs of Staff. So, Admiral, thanks for being here. Well, it's my, my pleasure to introduce uh, Admiral James Winnefeld, uh, who is a graduate uh, of the Georgia Institute of Technology and who served uh, in the United States Navy for, for 37 years. Uh, and he's held uh, several of the uh, high-level command positions in the United States Navy and retired in 2015 after serving as the ninth vice chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and which is the United States number two ranking military officer. Admiral Winnefeld is currently publishing, published author of a director and, and a director or advisory board member for companies operating in a broad spectrum of business sectors. And in 2020, he was served, uh, he was appointed to serve as a member of the congressionally mandated National Commission on Synthetic Opioid Trafficking. And he and his wife are co-founders of the Stop the Addiction Fatality Epidemic or SAFE Project. Uh, he, can serve, he currently serves as the Distinguished Professor at the Sam Nunn School of International Affairs at Georgia Tech, where he's also a member of the Engineering Hall of Fame He's a senior non-resident fellow of, the, of Harvard's John F. Kennedy School of Government and is chairman of the Georgia Tech Advisory Board. And honestly, I probably that has to be one of the most accomplished and longest uh, introductions I've ever read. It is, it is my sincere pleasure, Admiral, to welcome you to Housing Developments. How are you today? I'm doing really well, and thanks for that kind introduction. But what's not in the introduction is that I used to work construction in the summertime uh, before I went to college. Uh, and I really enjoyed building apartment buildings and, and being up on roofs, uh, putting together rafters and plywood and fixing other people's mistakes, that sort of, and making my own. But uh, so I do have a little bit of experience in the construction industry. It was, I really loved it. Yeah, that, uh, that's, uh, it, you know, it's nice to hear a lot, a lot of, uh, it, you'd be surprised how many people we talk to eventually uh, remind that they work, they work construction over the summer, uh, you know, sweeping up a job site or actually like yourself, actually hammering hammer and nail. So uh, it's, it's great to have you. And like you said, uh, that you know the industry is, is even more important to our listeners. So that's great. Thank you. Absolutely. And it's a pleasure to be here today. Thanks so, for having me. Uh, well, let's, let's, let's jump right into it. Uh, tell us a little bit about the SAFE project uh, and, and, and why it, it, it's such an important project for, for you and your wife. Well, we uh, started up the SAFE project uh, in the wake of the accidental overdose death of our son. Uh, on his uh, fourth day of college at University of Denver. He had been uh, struggling with addiction. We put him into treatment uh, and he did very, very well, but we didn't know he had an opioid problem because HIPAA rules would not uh, allow us to know that. And when he emerged from treatment, he was doing extremely well. He, he got his EMT qual 
mm. and the like, uh, uh, but we unfortunately lost him. And in the wake of that loss, we felt that uh, you know we could crawl into a little ball of anger, grief, and shame, and we certainly don't blame anybody uh, if they do that, and we do that ourselves sometimes, but we felt that with the connections we had made and sort of knowing how to get things done, that we would feel bad if we didn't try to take this thing on and you know, put our arms on the oars of the big boat that's trying to uh, reverse this terrible crisis. Well, that, that is, uh, I'm, I'm so sorry for your loss. I, I as, a, as a father of, uh, of a, a teenage son and almost teenage daughter, I, I can't imagine uh, what, what that must be like, but to be able to, to, to channel uh, that grief into, into, into a positive result is, uh, it, got, it must give you some solace uh, over, the, over the years. It does. We wake up every morning uh, as a team uh, trying to save lives. And we do it in a variety of ways. Uh, we've got some wonderful partners out there. We're very proud to call the National Association of Home Builders a partner. Uh, and we think we're making some progress. It's, it's gotten a lot worse over the last couple of years uh, due to two things. One, uh, COVID has uh, dramatically impacted mental health for uh, Americans across the board anxiety, isolation, and the like. And at the same time, uh, deadly fentanyl is coming across our borders in greater and greater quantities. And those two are combining to uh, dramatically increase the overdose fatality rate, which is up to 100,000 people a year, about 60% of whom die due to an opioid addiction or an opioid event. What, what, is, what has been the biggest challenge uh, in, in, in during the, the, the project's uh, campaign? What, what do you... What do you... What has been the hardest to overcome? You, you talked about COVID and the challenges over the last couple of years, but what's what's been maybe the most surprising uh, and, and durable part of this epidemic? Well, you know, public enemy number one of this entire epidemic is stigma. Hmm. Uh, you know, there's uh, unfortunately people do not understand that addiction is a disease. It's not a moral failing. There are plenty of people that fall into to addiction, <clears throat> starting with prescription medicine. Uh, and so uh, because of that stigma, it's hard to get resources behind it. It's hard to get people to go into treatment. It's hard to get people to support what you're trying to do. Uh, but at the same time, uh, it's hard to find somebody who has not been affected in some way, shape, or form by this crisis, who has a brother, a mother, a friend, a cousin who has either uh, is struggling with addiction or who they've actually lost. So, but stigma is the problem. Any so what can we do? What, what's advice to to our listeners? Uh, NAHB, as you said, we're a partner with you. But but what? How do how do we talk about it more? How do we how do we bring it out uh, from the shadows and as a source of embarrassment and really talk about for what it is? Like you said, an, an addiction that, that needs to be treated and respected, and 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 people need to be helped. Well, one thing I think is to learn as much as you can about the science of addiction, how it actually happens and why it happens and, and that, you know, uh, in, in, in the depths of addiction, you're essentially helpless. Uh, and the other thing is, to, is just have a little courage and stand up and, and be open about it. We, we discovered, you know, we took a, a risk in, in opening up about what had happened to our son, but it, it's amazing how many people will come up to you and say, you know, thank you for being so open. We understand uh, we have a problem in our family with this. So it's really just a matter of, of sort of courageously overcoming, you know, the stigma itself. And there are other stigmas out there in this world that people have overcome. Uh, we should get past this one as well. Right. Well, you mentioned your connection to the to the construction industry. Over the last several years, we've identified this as a, a severe problem 
in the industry with our, our workforce. Uh, tell me a little bit about how you see this affecting the residential construction industry and, and then what NHB and, and partnering with, with the SAFE project, how we're tackling this together. Sure. Uh, well, you know, t- over 20 million Americans are struggling with, with uh, substance dependence, 60% of whom are employed in our workforce. And when you focus in on the construction workforce, uh, about twice uh, uh, as many in terms of percentage of construction workers have a substance use disorder compared to the general population. It's 15% of construction workers. And I really give NAHB credit for facing that. Uh, uh, not a lot of industries have faced that. Many are in denial, and NAHB is taking it on head on, which is so terribly important for your constituency of this wonderful industry that you're in uh, that builds homes. So uh, together, we can take this thing on, and it's sort of a walk before you run. One of the things we're partnering with is getting these drug disposal bags uh, out, where, you know, if, if four out of five people who have become addicted to heroin started with prescription medicine, well, let's get rid of all the extra prescription medicines that are out there. And most of those people got it out of a medicine cabinet, not necessarily from a doctor. You know, it was handed to them by a friend. So let's, let's conquer that. Let's get information out there so people understand uh, how vulnerable they can be. Let's uh, erase stigma and get people to actually ask for help. And then when somebody does ask for help, let's take care of them. Let's not, you know, just, you know, fire them or anything like that. Let's put them in uh, under our warm embrace and see if there's something we can do to help them. Uh, And when they understand that, uh, I think we can make some progress. So very proud of what NAHP is standing up to do. Thank thank you. That's, but you're absolutely right. Recognizing that the industry does have challenges and a problem with opioids and then finding a way forward. I I can imagine there's a lot of industries out there that want to leave it, sweep it under the rug. And and I I would be remiss if I don't mention our colleague, David Jaffe, who has been our staff lead on this and really has embraced uh, as, uh, as a cause and, and really helped to drive the industry to do, not only doing the right thing, uh, but again, not being afraid to talk about it. So uh, thank you for your, your work with David. And um, it's really a, it's a great partnership. You know, one of the things that uh, we can all do is, is uh, do, uh, take what we call at Safe Project, the No Shame Pledge. And you can find that No Shame Pledge at our website, which is safeproject.us, uh, all one word, safeproject.us. And it's very simple. It says, I understand addiction is a disease. I commit to learn more about the underlying factors, such as mental health challenges that are involved in that disease. If I know someone seeking treatment, I'll work to assist them in finding treatment. And I understand that recovery is a lifelong journey, and I'll do whatever I can to support people to succeed in that journey. It's a very simple pledge and it really the pledge itself sort of educates people that hey this is this is a disease not a not a moral failing and of course in the construction industry you know you you do have people get hurt uh, uh, I almost fell off a roof one time I can't imagine what that would have been like and and so they're more there and, and you know lifting heavy stuff and 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 just that that hard physical work can lead people to having chronic pain and 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 having that chronic pain is one of the pathways into becoming dependent on those substances. And the other thing is to educate people on, on this whole fentanyl business, where uh, it used to be we were concerned, and we still are, about fentanyl being introduced into other drugs like heroin or cocaine or you know, amphetamines and that sort of thing. But it, it, prevalence now is in uh, counterfeit prescription medicine pills. So if you have somebody who's suffering from chronic pain and they're having a hard time either getting a prescription 
or they're having a hard time paying for a prescription, and they revert to somebody who says, hey, I've got some pills here that you can get much cheaper, there's a good chance there's fentanyl in those pills. And what you have to understand is you don't have to be addicted to die from taking a counterfeit fentanyl pill. Uh, it, you can die on your first try. Wow. So I'm, I'm interested. So you, you talked about it flowing across the borders, obviously an, an illegal drug, drug, drug trade. Um, what's the solution uh, to, to solving that problem? Well, it's very difficult now with fentanyl because it, it, uh, such very small quantities of that drug are all that it takes to uh, you know, kill you. Uh, and it's, it's very easy to package in the mail or UPS, or FedEx or something like that, and just ship it across the border. <clears throat> so we're, we're, we're taking on this problem in a holistic way. We're trying to encourage the Mexican government to, to try to get rid of the labs that are making this stuff as hard as that is. We're looking at technologies that can do a better job of detecting it when it comes through package handling services and the like. And of course, enabling law enforcement with their intelligence resources to try to, to shut down the people who are dealing this stuff as best they can. And then of course, educating people in the first place so that we can try to reduce the demand side, not just the supply side, in order to uh, alert people to the, the hazards of, of not taking pain medication under very controlled circumstances. So. It's, it's, there's no one lever that, that, that wins this battle. It's a whole host of things that we have to do. Admiral, and, and I'm, I, all of our listeners out there, our loyal uh, housing developments listeners, I encourage you to go to safeproject.us and, and, and look up and, and take the no shame pledge and, and, and make sure that you, your, your workforce uh, knows that you're looking for the signs of addiction, uh, that it's not a stigma, and that you, uh, that you as a, an, an employer uh, we'll, we'll give you, as, as the Admiral said, we'll, we'll, we'll give the treatment, the understanding, the compassion uh, to, to help uh, your workforce uh, conquer this, uh, this, this, this disease and, and addiction. So uh, with that, uh, Admiral, I want to I say thank you for joining us in Housing Developments. I want to thank you for your, your service and, and long career in the United States military and, and, and your continuing service with your wife. Uh, on this important topic. Uh, it's, um, I'm glad we're in this together with you and, and, and thank you for everything you've done. Well, thank you, Jim. And thanks to Jerry Howard and the whole NAHB uh, organization. Uh, it's just fantastic that you are stepping up uh, to this challenge. Uh, you're doing, doing right by your, by your people. So thank you. Thank you. Admiral, thanks again for being with us. Uh, whether people know it or not, America owes a double debt of gratitude to Admiral Winfield uh, for his military service and for what he's doing here. We're lucky to have him, and uh, I'm very proud that we're in a partnership with him. Agreed. Yeah, a re really moving interview, and uh, and, uh, and and yeah, just just an impressive person uh, throughout his career, and now even more what he's doing. Yep. Well, Jim, I hope you're going to uh, take a day off uh, to, uh, this week and. Try and uh, catch your breath. Again, congratulations to the entire NHB team, um, the staff and the volunteers who made the IBS happen. Uh, we hit it out of the park. Uh, we really set the stage for an outstanding event uh, in what we know will be the post-COVID times next year in Las Vegas. But uh, it, we, we just can't wait to get it started. Before we sign off, Jim, let's give another shout out to Wells Fargo Home Mortgage. They were everywhere and we really appreciate it.
Yeah, and I can't, can't uh, thank them enough and also encourage our members to do business with Wells Fargo, Wells Fargo Home Mortgage. Great people. Uh, anyway, uh, thanks for listening to Housing Developments. I'm Jerry Howard. And I'm Jim Tobin. Until next time, bye.